0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham.
1: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School. Sirius XM channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, it is open calls on career talk. And we want to hear from you right now. 844 Wharton. 844-942-7866. Hey, it's Thursday, and we've got Dream Team in studio. Michelle and Dion are here, and we are taking our calls all hour long if it's Thursday noon Eastern. 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives. Here in Philadelphia, and I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And to help us with our show today, we welcome back the one and only Mike Minoski. Mike is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley who's hired over a thousand people. Certified by the International Coaching Federation... Mike leads programs here at Wharton, and today he is on Career Talk to answer all of your tough questions. So if you've always wanted to talk to a headhunter, find out what the real scoop is, you are on the right day for Career Talk. 844-942-7866. Welcome back to Career Talk, Mike.
2: It is great to be here, Don. Great to reconnect. Excited.
1: Yes. Yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. And, I, and just, you know, for fun, like what's been going on? What's new? What's happening in the hiring world? Yeah.
2: You know, it is it is incredibly busy. My coaching practices um, in the month of December. Just to give you a, a really interesting metric, um, I had five clients with offers that we were actively negotiating on.
1: So they're thereby crushing the myth that the people aren't getting hired in December.
2: December is one of the most active hiring months of the year. Um, I've had months when I was, you know, um, in-house recruiting where I had to hire eleven. I was in. I was negotiating with 11 people simultaneously. The reason is because the beginning of the year, it's all, when all the new projects start, and when people have set their budgets and said, we got to get this stuff done. So they want the hiring done late in the year so that these people can come in and be effective, Q1.
1: So for all those people who missed the December rush, Mike, <laughs> what's, what's on the horizon for them in 2019?
2: Well, you, you have to think about the, a hiring cycle as quarterly. And so we're now in February, and there are there are second, you know, there are Q2 projects running, and you know, to real, give you the real quick background, corporations, companies will tend to build a, an annual hiring plan, and the smart companies, and, and you know, when I love a lot of this, you're going to adjust them every six months, so you they actually know, you know, what, I'm going to need this type of person around this quarter, but if somebody shows up through uh, networking. Building business relationships early, and they're a good talent, we would shift our planning around to hire them. So there's never a bad time. I would say the only slow time is between August and September, but if you got 10 months you should be looking.
1: Yep. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM. It is Open Call Thursday. I'm your host, Dr. Don Grammer, here with Mike Minoski, who is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. So if you're thinking about 2019 as a time to get a new job and you've got some questions about how things really work behind the scenes, today is your day to call 844-942-7866. It's also valentines so i thought it would be fun mike to talk about how the job search is like dating like 10 ways the job search is like dating and i did a lot of research on this but but before that i want to kind of throw out a twitter poll to people so if you're listening my twitter handle is at dr Don graham and here is the twitter poll and this is an easy one which is the better holiday valentine's or halloween so, Mike, what's your answer? Huh.
2: <laughs> um, wow, you know, if I No, answer, no, if no. I there's answer,
1: no thinking about it. Like,
2: I know, I know. Um, Halloween. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Says the man has been married for 20 years and is probably going to, the front door will be locked tonight. There you go.
1: <laughs> but why Halloween? No, there, there are some legit, like, reasons people have for, for picking. So what's your legit reason?
2: So I think it's just a day of, it's a day of fun celebration. I'll put it that way. It's, it's a, a day. It's
1: a day. All right.
3: Michelle? Yeah. Michelle, in pink today? I, I did wear pink on purpose. hmm I mean, I want to say Valentine's Day because I know no one in here is going to say Valentine's Day, but it's kind of Halloween for me. Okay. I like that time of the year better. All right. Um, so I think it's more nostalgic. I mean, I love, I love love, so I'm for Valentine's Day, but... But it's Halloween. Yeah, and Valentine's Day has the whole contrived hallmarky kind of feel to it
1: yeah you really don't buy greeting cards for a halloween i mean you could but no, no one really does right it's not expected
3: and i do hate doing anything on valentine's day Cause it's a pain, like going out to eat is a pain. Yeah, it's more expensive. It's more expensive. Not on Halloween. There's like a hundred desserts pre-made sitting mm-hmm. in the back. Like that's yeah. not my thing. There's no price fix menus on Halloween.
1: Yeah, it ain't happening. It's true. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's just be clear. I'm just saying these are facts. So which one do you like better, Dawn? Well, well I was gonna ask Dion because I, you know,
4: I, I, I just <laughs> like your facial expression <laughs> with your with your reasons. I'm I'm going with Halloween. Um, there's, for Valentine's Day, like, there there's a lot of pressure. Yes! There's a lot of pressure, uh-huh. and if you're in it, there's a there's pressure if you're in a relationship, there's pressure if you're not in a relationship, mm-hmm. and then you get the people wearing black because they're mad about Valentine's Day when they're not in a relationship. It's like a whole thing. Really? Oh, yeah, I've seen I, it.
1: i do wow, oh, I didn't know that.
4: Oh, yeah. So... For, for for Halloween if if you wear black it's normal
1: yeah it's it's encouraged
4: It's encouraged That's true Very everything encouraged. is encouraged There's
1: no pressure really on Halloween exactly like right. you, you don't expect a gift on Halloween and here's the other thing is that you know on Valentine's Day you could get candy but you could also get flowers or a card or something else useless like well, on that, Halloween you're always getting candy but that's one of the,
4: <laughs> that's one of the drawbacks from Halloween though what is you get candy corn.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't always get good candy, but at least you get candy. I did that for
2: Kelly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Hoey out there.
3: There
2: you go. But, yeah. So. I, have a I have a question. When does Dion get his relationship talk radio show? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I know. Well,
2: that was, that I'll was be great. your first
1: caller, Dion. Yeah, I know. I, I'll be your second. Um. So, all right, really, really, though, no, I want to know what people think. If you really like Valentine's Day better, then just tell us why. This That's- is the most serious you've been about a poll On our entire show's history. Well, I thought about this a lot.
3: Clearly. Clearly.
2: (laughs) I was not ready for that question that quick.
1: I know. I know. Well, I was going to do it later in the show, but I want to get the poll rolling on Twitter. Hey, at Dr. Don Graham. It's a pretty easy question. Which is the better holiday? Valentine's. Or Halloween. All right, but let's like, let's get back to the task at hand. I'm going to give the number out: eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Because if you'd rather plead your case on air, we're happy to have you call and answer that question too 844-942-7866 you're listening to career talk on Sirius XM channel 132 we are here with Mike Manoski who is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley so if you've got any questions about how you can catapult your career or get hired or what's going on in Silicon Valley we are taking our calls all hour long at 844-942-7866 so let's talk about Mike how how the job search is like dating um and I, I kind of made a list of ten things, but um, my first one is it, it sucks. I think that's how <laughs> they both no, it, suck. It
2: it, it, well, you know what? And it is like dating; it sucks as much as you want it to suck. You know, if you walk if you walk into dating as a this is a brutal, tough situation, it'll be a brutal, tough situation. If you walk into dating going, you know what? I'm going to keep my expectations level. I'm going to walk into this going, okay. I want to meet and learn things. I want to meet interesting people and see where this takes me. Dating life is probably pretty good. Again, and that completely mirrors a job search.
1: Okay, no I comment. I really believe that a
2: job search. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, this, is, this is fun today. I'm enjoying this already.
1: Says the man who's been married for 20 years. Don and I were already giving each other eyes. Like no, Really? Actually.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a glass half full. Person. Yes,
1: you so are. Yes, you are. Material. We we've got that loud and clear. Glass half full Mike Minoski is here as our guest. You have a question <laughs> 844-942-7866. Okay, but in all reality, I mean, one of the first things when you're looking for a job or you're deciding that you're you're looking for a mate is you have to kind of identify your target, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. And and that's where I think people get lost is they'll just sort of show up in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, by the way, I'm going to use marketplace generically, whether you're dating or whether you're looking for work. If you show up in the marketplace going, okay, where is it or where is that person, you're going to have a brutal time. A lot of, a lot of the work I'm doing in my, in my practice now is really focused around identifying what's important to you. That doesn't take very long either, by the way. There's some tools in that that we're using. But then you go into the marketplace going, you know what, this, I know what's important to me in a company I join, Here are the values I have. And I'm going to go out there and find organizations and opportunities that that get pretty close to aligning with my values. And that's what we're doing on on the recruiting side is we're finding people that align with our values. And when I say values, it's not just, gee, they like to eat Thai food three times a week. Values are, okay, these people are competent to do the work we need to do, and they're going to be good people on a bad day.
1: So, Uh, Mike, let me let me jump in here, because I think a lot of people struggle on both sides of this with figuring out what they want, because Mm -hmm. there's this idea of what society says we should want, whether it's in a job or in a partner and what we actually really want. And I I think a lot of people kind of tend to feel that pressure from society that I should get the the big job or the Mm -hmm. the the job that pays Mm -hmm. or the you know. And and so how can people discern this for themselves?
2: I think that they have to step away from it, and I think it's hard. And the interesting thing is, it's harder when you're younger, when you don't have enough life experiences, or when you're you're depending on other people to tell you what you're what should be right or wrong or best for you, and that's when early in your career, and I think at a midpoint when you realize that all the stuff you thought. Was important isn't. This is where I think, again, I'm trying not to drift into psychology here too much, but we love psychology. Go for it. I know. Well, we both do, but I think the biggest thing here is really continuing to ask yourself what's important and ask yourself, okay, so what are the fundamental values that I have? And that is, you know, I'm people oriented. I need to know that the work I do adds, you know, people benefit from it or, that the things that I do are building a company that is going to do great things. Whatever those are, those are generic, but it may be something where I get to become – I really build my craft, whether my craft is sales, whether my craft is marketing. I get really good at it, and I, I take I, I take great pleasure in becoming really good at the tools I use. Those are solid values. Now all of a sudden you're going out into the marketplace going, okay – do they value? Do they value what I do? Do they want to make me better at my tools? Do do they want the kind of contribution I want to make?
1: Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, have you not done our Twitter poll yet? at Dr. Don Graham, which is the better holiday, Valentine's or Halloween. Or you can call us with your answer if you like. But we are on the phone today with Mike Minoski who is a Silicon Valley recruiter, answering all of your questions on the job search and how you can land your dream role in 2019. So if you've got a question or comment, you can give us a call on Career Talk. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. So, so once you identify, Mike, your, your value values and what what's important to you and you kind of have that that laid out and ready to go I think the next step is is you you kind of need to to generate interest in what you offer
2: exactly and I think there's a couple ways to do that one is you start your marketing program and again I know this sounds you're now that you know what's important to you you go out and say it so your LinkedIn profile changes your resume changes and then the third thing I think, and you and I have talked about this extensively, now you go out and start talking to like-minded people. If you change your LinkedIn profile and you change your resume and then you sit there and wait, you're reactionary. If you simply reach out to people that, wow, you know what? John that I used to work with is doing stuff that's really interesting. I should just reach out and and learn more about what he's doing as opposed to, hey, John, get me a job. Those kinds of dialogues, and you and I have had great experiences with people that have had that that honest inquiry reach out that have ended up getting a job and it's, to me that's those are the three steps
1: I think you know as we're kind of we're kind of toggling between the job search and dating I mean I think there's this aspect of you have to be desirable to your target but not desperate so how, how do you oh, kind of so balance smart.
2: that <laughs> well I, I, I think first of all when you reach when you're reaching out to somebody it's about a genuine interest in where they are what they're doing what their organization is doing versus that I want a job can you help me and i think that's where i think that's the line and you are we are toggling that's the line between honest interest in that person and that organization versus hire me And I think that applies directly to dating, too.
1: Yeah, I think it has to go. I I think it has to be a two sided, whether you're in an interview or a date, whatever. I think you have to. A lot of people go into an interview and expect to answer questions, but they don't come fully prepared to ask questions and to learn about the organizations. And I've also seen people, Mike, who are. Um, you know, so invested in the company because it's a great brand name, or they're so invested mm-hmm. in the title or the pay or some aspect of the the job or organization that it overshadows everything in mm-hmm. you know everything else. So I mean, the boss is bad. The you know all that you're going to have to travel eighty. You know. Eighty hours a week and all this other stuff, but you're so so tied into this one thing. I have I think that happens in dating as well. But um, how do you how do you kind of discern? Am I just kind of falling for one thing and overlooking all these other red flags?
2: I I think it comes down to am I happy? Tough question. But if I have all of these cool things in my life and yet I still feel uncomfortable. Yet I still feel when I get up in the morning I'm not excited or I'm I'm just going through the motions because I have to. There's your flag. That to me is the ultimate flag. If you're if you are, if you are not comfortable and not feeling that you're growing. Um, There is a red flag right there.
1: But what if you're trying to like discern between two positions and one's at your dream company, but the role is not what you want. Maybe the pay is not what you want. And the other one is exactly what you want to do. will help you grow your skills. I mean, how do you, how do you pick between the two when one is so attractive because of that brand name?
2: That happened in December. One of my clients, two offers exactly that scenario. And I know you've seen it too. Um, it went back to having a list of his, of what was important to him, and had it up front. Having that list early is is the perfect thing to have as your foundation, because then that decision isn't based on emotion or on the bright shiny object. You know, the the, the first cool thing. It's based on okay, this organization that is name brand is awesome. Can I grow there? And that, that, was one of the, that was one of my client's real core values is, okay, I can, I can get in there, but do I really have a chance to grow? He chose no, because the other organization was doing more relevant work. He saw himself within two years being able to do um, really effective things. And there were two or three things they were going to let him do that the other organization wouldn't. Yeah, I and think- he knew it up front.
1: I think it's, it is, and this relates so closely to dating. I mean, I think there there's this, you know, shiny object and, and there's, you know, maybe one great thing about it, but everything else is a red flag, but we're so kind of drawn towards that that we overlook... The future, which is something you, you're talking about, thinking about, and you know, I think I think about when I'm choosing between two great jobs. What what network am I going to build? Yeah. What skills yep. am I am I going to build? What, as you talked about, what is the future growth opportunity in this organization? And I think a lot of people overlook these smaller companies or maybe B two B companies that don't have a household yeah. name because they think, oh, you know, I, I don't, I, I, that's not how I want to identify. But they're missing out on great opportunities by doing that.
2: Yep and I think that's that's the that's why if you go into any of the if you go into a job search and I'll let you toggle if you go into a job search saying, you know, I want to come out in a couple years even whether I stay or whether I move elsewhere better. And I know and I've listed out of, I've listed before I start this, what are the most important things for me in the next job that I do? That way I have a foundation. That's the way I can limit or reduce the shiny object effect. So having that core base of this is this is what's important to me. Some of it can be, you know, etherical, some of it can be hardcore, very, very fact based, you gotta start there.
1: Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. Hey you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM. XM channel 132 and we have our twitter poll currently active which is the better holiday valentine's or halloween you could tweet at dr don graham and we've got a tweet from mr stephen cervant who tweeted halloween is the only thing keeping christmas season from starting any sooner and i don't even think it's keeping it from starting any sooner is it dion
4: i, I think so because once once november 1st hits it's, it's it's all all systems go for christmas i still
1: feel like like Christmas is encroaching in October on my Halloween. I
4: mean, it time. It's, it's encroaching, but it's it's for the most part it it hasn't crossed over yet. It's getting close, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's cards out. I, yeah, it's getting close. It's, I it's, have
2: one word: Costco. <laughs> it, it's like it's like the, it's like you're watching them move the candy out into the warehouse while they're moving the Santa dolls up front. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think they already have Christmas going over there at Costco. Hey, 844 942 Thank you, Mr. Stevens Cervant. We appreciate that tweet. Um, and I'm just going to, even though it's not a vote, I'm just going to say you voted for Halloween because that's, that's why I interpreted it. 844 Hey, you've got a question or maybe you just want to share how dating and the job search are the same. We would love to hear from you. On Sirius XM, channel one thirty two. We are here with Mike Minoski, who is a talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. And if it's Thursday noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific, we are taking your calls all hour long. Dream Team in studio, 942 So so I think another way that that the the job search and the and dating are very similar is that when you started talking about this a little bit too, you have to have an engaging online profile, right, Mike? Absolutely. And So so this is one of the things I think people find it very difficult to do in a job search is if you're in a career switch or you're trying to do something that's slightly different, I think you you really have to assess if there are things you want to take out of your resume or out of your online profile because – you don't want to lead your target audience off the path. And I think people struggle with that because they say, well, no, I should put everything I've done there.
2: Right, right. And, it, and your online profile is not your entire life story. It's what are the pieces that are going to draw a company to you or recruit it to you, period. And, you know, there's a really easy way to do this that people don't think about. It's plagiarize. In other words, go, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm being very. Con- I'm using that word controversially, but what I'm saying is, if you know there are roles you want to do that are slightly different, go find the job descriptions for those, read them, and then go. Oh, so they want they want this tool. They want you to be really good at Excel. You know what? I haven't said that. I need to put that in. So that's what I mean by plagiarizing. In other words, go look at the job descriptions. And sometimes the job descriptions say things better than you do. You could borrow that.
1: So you're using a provocative way to say, say, get those keywords in there so that you pop up in their searches.
2: Right. Now I'm not and you know, you and I have talked about keywords. I'm I'm interested not just in having the keyword as a single statement. I want a, I want a bullet point around the keyword. So take Excel. I built twenty five uh, Excel modeling that resulted in, you know, saving my company half a million dollars. Okay. You got Excel in there. That's great. But you've also got a nice story tacked around it. And the job descriptions tell you, okay, the roles I want, that's more important than I thought it was.
1: Yeah. I think you really have to. A lot of people throw their profile up on LinkedIn and they don't look at it. They don't. Um, I mean, here's a couple of things you jet, you need. So if you don't have this on your LinkedIn profile, um, here's just kind of the the quick tips of, of get your profile in line for 2019. If you don't have at least 500 contacts, why not? Because chances are, you know that many people and the more contacts you have that are first level, the more access you have to second level contacts. So yes, have a strategy <laughs> for connecting with people, but do connect with people. If you meet somebody – I just met somebody in the dressing room, at, at you know, who, who did the work that I do this weekend. Um, I mean, it was crazy. Like, people are everywhere, and they've got great connections. Um, to have a headline that talks about who you are, think about how you come up on the on a mobile device. You know, think about that summary, that, that profile statement at the top. Those first two sentences are coming up. What is it saying? Also, you want to to take off things that don't make a lot of sense to have on there. I mean, if you have your high school on there from, you know, 1972, that's probably giving your age away. You wanna be careful about that because there's bias out there and it's unfortunate, but it's it's real. You want a profile picture. You want a good profile picture, it does not have to be Sears quality. As a matter of fact, it should not be Sears quality because that's not very approachable. But something, you know, something people can see you, you're smiling. But not laughing because apparently pictures, if you're laughing, makes you seem um, less approachable somehow. I don't know. There's data on that. Anyway, those are my quick tips. Mike, what are yours?
2: I think I'm spot on with everything you said. I think there's a critical question that you need to answer in your LinkedIn profile, Mm -hmm. and it's, how can I help? In other words, if you can tell people, and either directly saying, and I've had people that I've worked LinkedIn profiles where we said how how I can help, and they will list it out. But, again, I'll just use that Excel example. You know, if you saved your company a lot of money by the work you did, you need to say it, and, and you're saying it to do this for you. Your whole writing and your whole focus around your online profile, here's how I can contribute, here's how I can help. You're I not love that. Saying it to, Yeah, you're not saying it to brag. You're saying it because these are the things I bring. I love that. I'll let you toggle that
1: one. How can you help? (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: well, that -hmm. question in particular may not toggle well, but I love that because I think we can all take a look at our LinkedIn profile and say, does it answer the question? How can I help my target audience? And I think for most of us, we could go through and and pick out things that have either no relevance to our audience as it stands today or just really doesn't say anything new. I mean, if you have words like results oriented or, you know, these words that innovative that just don't mean mm-hmm. anything, and you're telling but not showing, you have yeah. to kind of dig a little deeper.
2: Yeah, I think phrases that are really cool there is my team delivered, and you explain what you delivered. I, you know, uh, my company provided. Things like that, where again, there's a lot of people that struggle with the bragging. Um, I've already had a, a coaching client today that. He was really struggling with that, a senior leader. And once I said, well, what did your team do? He went, oh, got it. That's the whole point is this does not have to be a brag event. This has to be a delivery event and deliveries on where you can help the next group.
1: Yep. Well said. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Mike Minoski, who is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley, who's hired over a thousand people. So if you've got a question you've always wanted to ask a recruiter about how things are really happening behind the scenes or... Maybe you just want to weigh in on our Twitter poll, which is the better holiday, Valentine's or Halloween, at Dr. Don Graham. We'd love to hear from you all hour long, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, the phone lines are open all hour. But now, it's time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz?
4: There's a Quiz?
1: so here we go life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get but according to the national confectioners association this is the most popular flavor in a box of chocolates this is the most popular flavor in a box of chocolates and i'll give you a hint which probably won't help anybody it's my personal favorite If you think you know 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866, you're listening to Sirius XM Channel 132. This is Career Talk, and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown.
1: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Dream Team, Michelle and Dion in studio, and we have Mike Minoski on the phone. He is a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. Hey, Mike, where can people reach you?
2: My website is mikecoach.com.
1: Mikecoach.com. And hey, if you missed the pre-break quiz... I'll give it to you one more time. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But according to the National Confectioners Association, this is the most popular flavor in a box of chocolates. Think you know? Give us a call, 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. We'll come back to that in just a moment. And if you've not yet done our Twitter poll, which is the better holiday, Valentine's or Halloween, Michelle has, has admitted to picking Valentine's Day and screwing up the 100% for Did Halloween. I? Did yes. I? Yeah, she's going to deny it now. I did not do that. Tonight, woman, with your your heart-shaped (laughs) earrings. I got really excited that you
3: noticed my heart-shaped earrings. They are very, very pretty.
1: (laughs) Um, So we're talking all about how the job search is like dating. So we talked about you have to have an engaging online profile. You have to generate interest. You have to kind of know what you're looking for. Um, And, you know, here's the other thing. Here's the other way that dating is like. The job search. Sometimes you won't hear back. Sometimes you just don't hear back. So an estimated 48% of online daters report that their breakups have happened over email or text. Um, I think that's actually low. Like I, I would imagine it's even more than that. Um, I do too. Many people just don't call back when you're in a job search or dating.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, on the job search side, it's a problem. It's a problem for recruiting. And, you know, it's, this is where it's different in the in the recruiting side the key issue is time Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a lot more automation going on in tracking systems right now to simplify um, sending out a rejection note but it's you know uh, if you've got 10 things to do typically your rejection notes are the 11th thing on that list so um the other problem that we're having is It is so easy to apply for jobs now online that recruiters are buried, and unfortunately you're buried sifting through unqualified people, and that takes time away from sending rejection letters. That's not an excuse. I want to be clear that's not an excuse, but that's some of the reality that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I, think this is one of the things that kind of infuriates me the most. And I get it. I get that they've not come up with a yeah. way to manage this. But, but here's where it gets really, really um, gets me peeved, Mike, is when you actually have an interview, a phone interview, or you go in and you, you meet people and then you get ghosted and then you don't hear anything or you get some kind of form letter. I think if you're making the effort to get on a phone call or, or meet somebody in person, the least you could do is pick up that phone and say, hey, you know, we're, we've decided yeah. to go go in a different direction so so i get that maybe you have 500 resumes coming in on day one which it would seem to me that the computer could at least generate something that says hey we received your your resume and here's our process but i get really peeved when people get invested and put their time into the interview and then don't hear back which which takes us to our next point which is networking um you know People still believe that online is the best way to get a job, but similar to dating, which, um, Mm -hmm. you know, online... Only eight percent of couples meet online. From all the commercials you see with all of these these dating sites, you would think it's it's ninety eight percent. But but forty six percent are getting um, are meeting people through their jobs or other kind of networking or socializing uh, through hobbies or school or things like that. So people are meeting people in the real world, and I think that's what people in a job search need to recognize that that. That the online abyss feels productive, but it's really not.
2: It should be one. It should be one track of about a two or three track job search or activity search. You, if you're depending on that, you are 100% reactive. You are. You are. You're kind of. You're being held hostage to the other person's workload. You know, and there's organizations that have an entirely different track. That if you're referred in. You are considered a VIP, and I'm saying this because I've built these programs, and I have talked with a number of companies that are doing this, and because if you're referred in, you must be valuable. If a person's vouching for you, okay, we got to talk to this person. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, a simple, it's a simple method, but it's very challenging for some people. Well,
1: I and mean, we know referral programs work really well in companies. There's a lot of research on this. And, you know, if you're a referral, you have a 50% shot of getting an interview, whereas for a non-referral, that drops to about 3%. I mean, those odds are staggeringly different. And for a lot of people, yeah. getting in the door and getting in front of the decision maker is the hardest part. And they, they say to me, well, Don, once I get there, I know I can get this job and I know I can communicate. Communicate my value, but I can't even get there.
2: And you know what's interesting about that is they can't get there because they're afraid to ask the favor. <laughs> and here's what people don't realize is that many of these referral programs, the, the person referring you gets paid. Yep. And, and well, so all of a sudden, paid well, and they get <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's cheaper to pay an employee three to five thousand dollars than to have a headhunter charge ten thousand.
1: Or more, you know,
2: there, yeah, exactly. The Economies of scale, and we're not just talking about senior leadership roles. We're talking about individual contributor roles. I know because I've set these brothers up, and I've helped. I've written the checks. So you're doing. you when you ask for someone to refer you in, and you're qualified for the role. You're doing them a favor.
1: Yeah, I love that. Look at it as doing somebody a favor. You may be earning them. Three to five thousand dollars just to to refer yeah. you, but but yeah. honestly, I think we also overlook Mike, the people who are right in front of us. I think we we tend to yeah. assume that you know, we're talking to a classmate and she doesn't work in the industry we're targeting. So so oh, we forget that that she has a hundred classmates who have strong networks of their own and we, we just kind of yeah. write people off and we don't think about second-level contacts. We already have a network. Everybody, all of us, everybody listening, right. online, in the community, at work. We have lots of networks. We just don't talk to the people to let them know what our career goals are.
2: Yeah, and the, and, and ironically, it's so much easier to talk to people these days.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, not, maybe, not, maybe not face-to-face, but it is so much easier to talk to people. And again... If you're the person that goes out and shows genuine interest in what other people are doing, they're probably going to show genuine interest in what you're doing. And and that triggers some really interesting results. Like you said, gee, I know somebody that's doing what you're doing and I think they're looking. How many people have you talked to that had that experience? I've talked to tons.
1: Pretty much everything that, that good that happens in my life is because I talk to somebody and, and they connected me or gave me an idea or, or sent me yeah. an article or referred me somewhere. I mean, it, it's just there's so much information in the world and we can't possibly as individuals like process it all or know about it all. And so if we're not talking yeah. to people, we're missing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is and, and I think this all goes back to it's not difficult. It is as again, people think this is uncomfortable. I, once you do it a couple times it's fun you know even if you <laughs> Mike child, the
1: half like full that. guy <laughs> I mean, fun uh.
0: <laughs> different <laughs> definitions yeah, of you, fun. I, yeah. I, I there's heard, a continuum
1: but, of of how we define fun it's, it's yeah, on the lower yeah. side of the fun continuum
2: Here's my comment. When I said that, and I heard dead silence, I went, "Okay, this is not being received as well as perhaps I was trying to get it."
1: I, I have to say, I've never yet heard somebody say it's fun, but, but here's the thing we are all we are all going to be in a job search at some point so it is yeah. universal so so you, it might be your time to ask somebody for help but that person's going to ask you for help maybe two or three years from now and i think you just got to remember that it's not just you we're all in job searches and likely 10 or more in our lifetimes with the way the, the market is today so so just think this is my time next time is going to be your time and that's just the way it is 8449427866 you're listening to SiriusXM channel 132 this is career talk i'm your host dr Don Graham, we're here with Mike Minoski talking all about how the job search and dating are similar. If you've got a question you've always wanted to ask a headhunter, or maybe you've got a tip on how you can approach the job search in 2019 to land the job you want, we'd love to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Our poll is still open. Which is the better holiday, Valentine's or Halloween, at Dr. Don Graham? So another way, Mike, that, that dating and the job search are similar is that first impressions matter. And so in dating, men take 15 minutes to s- decide if a woman is worth a second date. And, Dion, how long do you think – Women take.
4: <laughs> um, if they're worth a second date, yeah, I'm going to say three minutes.
1: You know, I, I would I would say half that, but apparently, <laughs> apparently, it, it's it's an hour or so. I don't know, really? Michelle. Michelle, wow. do you agree with really? that? <sighs> Oh no. <laughs> I would have thought it was faster too. Yeah, I would have thought it was faster. Um, coincidentally, recruiters take no in the first ninety seconds of a forty minute interview if they are going to yep. hire you or not. So I mean mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking ninety seconds for a date too, like yep, done. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, Ooh, those poor
3: guys. Yeah, those poor guys.
2: I, There's a real advantage of me not being in the studio. I'm really enjoying this (laughs) part of it. No, you you know, your comment about about making a decision quickly as a recruiter, you do. You you do this enough, and you walk in, and um, recruiters will say, "I got the vibe," or "I didn't get the vibe." And what they're saying is, it's it's a combination of your appearance, your uh, uh, initial approach to things, um, and it isn't about being nervous. You know, I, I'm fine with people being nervous. Agreed. What I am concerned about is the person that's kind of sitting there looking down, is not engaging, and it's not nervousness. It's just they're not into it. Yeah, We're not going to go real far with I that. I
1: think if you're nervous, I think that's okay, actually. And I, I, I think you should put the, the name the elephant in the room. Just say, hey, you know, I'm really excited about this opportunity, so I'm, I'm you know, a little bit nervous. And I think that, one, it puts it out there calms you down, and two, lets them know that you're excited and interested in the opportunity. So I actually think it could be a good thing. But yeah, in a first interview, what recruiters are looking for, according to this survey, were were eye contact, handshake. You you mentioned this, Mike, the way a candidate was dressed. Did they seem interested? And so you can assess a lot of that in the first 90 seconds. And that first impression can be tough to change. Not impossible, yeah. but tough. So so if you do need to change that first impression, maybe you call the person the wrong name or you have kind of the fish hand handshake or you you, you know, can you change that impression and how do you do it, Mike?
2: Well, I think you've said it right up front, the idea that you're gonna you're gonna put the elephant in the room. Um, you're gonna you're gonna acknowledge and saying, you know, gosh, I was so nervous I didn't shake you know, I, I apologize, I didn't shake the camel because I was I was nervous walking in. You you you've sold me at that point. I'm good with that. Um but if you continue that behavior, you know, of, of – and, and one of the things that, that drives me up a wall is the monotone one-word answer, yes, no. I want somebody that is thinking along with me. I'm really – I'm not in an interview to grill you. I'm in an interview to see if we can collaborate. Collaborate with me. That's – that's and you want the same as a candidate. You know, you're doing, you're doing the same evaluation I'm doing as a recruiter. So let's collaborate on it and let's let's see if we can make this work let's see if we align
1: yes and yeah, and, and you know some people just are not good interviews interviewers sure. i should say and and this is this is because that's not their day job their day job is whatever they do in their day job accounting or sure. data analytics and so maybe they hire two or three people a year and so i think candidates need to be prepared for the fact that that their interviewer may ask silly questions like, you know, yep. if you could be any plant, what would you be or, you know, and, and things like that. But you have to understand they're not necessarily trained and it's up to you as a candidate to know what you want to leave on the table. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the questions asked, make sure you leave that on the table so they see you as a viable candidate.
2: That's really well said. And I think part of that is if somebody asks you a question you're not sure of, you don't have to answer right away. You can ask a clarifying question back. You know, I, I think people forget that. It's like, okay, I question asked, answer given. But you know what? If they're asking, and I love to think, you know, what plant would you be? You know, my response to that would be, I, I'm curious how that works in here. You know, I, I um, I'm, <laughs>
1: what plant know, have I, others I, been who've been successful yeah, exactly. in your firm?
2: <laughs> there you go. You know, what? that's a really good. I, I love that. Cause that's a great comeback. But that's the whole point of this: is you don't just sit here and feel like you're in a, that you have to perform here. You're evaluating them too, and if they ask you a question that's not clear to you, clarify it. Mm-hmm. That to, that to me is a sign of a good of a good. Uh, potential hire, is they're not just jumping right away. They're they're thinking about things.
1: Yep. It's a dialogue. Remember that going in, and you'll feel much better about it. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM, and we are taking our calls all hour long if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 844-942-7866. But now we have to answer our pre-break quiz. So, life is like a box of chocolates, You never know what you're going to get. But according to the National Confectioners Association, this is the most popular flavor in a box of chocolates. And the hint was it's my favorite, which helped no one. Dion?
4: No one. (laughs) I was so ready to say Forrest Gump. Like, I was ready with the answer. (laughs) like, I
1: know that movie. I know that
4: that movie. We don't do movies
1: anymore. No. No more.
4: Yeah, we can't do movies
1: anymore. Nope. (laughs) Nope. There's (laughs) some joke. that are off the table, and that's one of them. Inside joke.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say sea salted chocolate, if that's a thing.
1: Well, okay, okay, this is a thing, and this is gonna be my next Twitter poll because oh I say, why do people need to add salt to chocolate? When did this become a thing? Well, savory makes it sweeter. Yeah, no.
0: So i Stop <laughs> putting Not salt here, no. in
1: your chocolate, no. please, please, no. just stop. No, no, that's not, I think a lot of people would agree with you, Dion. A lot of people like that, that sea salt chocolate, but that is not I think it's too new to be the most popular. That, that's, agree. that's what I was
4: thinking. Yeah. But so, that's all I had. Maybe
1: next year. So <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. I'm gonna guess.
3: Certainly not peanut butter, because you don't like peanut butter. I'll so see. your your tip did give us a little clue. We'll um, Gave you a little clue. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna guess caramel. You're right. Woohoo! Oh, caramel,
1: Mike. What were you gonna guess? Nice. Were you gonna guess caramel. that? See? Caramel. All right. No, you sure, Mike? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's I, not buying it.
2: No, I mean it was gonna <laughs> either be caramel or or peanut chocolate. That was well, my two nice. choices. But caramel was number one.
1: So you say caramel, Michelle says caramel, but it's yeah. all the same. Um, so yeah, caramel is the most popular <laughs> flavor, followed by chocolate covered nuts. No. Chocolate filled, okay. Cream filled, no. And coconut, no way.
3: Yes to coconut. No coconut phase. Yes to coconut. Yes
1: to coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Caramel It is. Hey, you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM channel 132. We're taking calls all hour at 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. And we're talking all about how the job search and dating are similar. So and we're here with Mike Minoski, who is a recruiter out in Silicon Valley. so I think we're, we're talking about the interview, Mike, and I think another way mm-hmm. that that the interview and, and dating is is popular is you shouldn't talk badly about your ex. You probably shouldn't talk about your ex at all, right?
2: <laughs> yes, yes you you know if somebody, if you if someone says, "Well, tell me about you know your last experience, draw on what you gained from it. mm hmm Or why did
1: you leave this company and why, you know, why are you looking now? Which is you're going to be asked that question. So you need to prepare. Why are you looking now? Why, you know, why are you making a change? And it's very tempting to say things that are, you know, I I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting recognized in the last company or my, you know, my boss Mm -hmm. was whatever. But always, always, always focus on the future. Always focus on the positive in the future.
2: Spot on. I mean, what I want to, you know, again with my recruiting hat on what i want to hear you tell me is you know what here's where i want to grow here are the things i want to gain here are the things that you know the experiences i want to have in my career and i hit a point where i wasn't able to do that in my role it looks like i can do that here and i want to validate that i want to learn more about that you tell me that we're going to have a great conversation
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So always be thinking of the positive. Always be thinking forward. Don't. Spend, and if you've, you know, what if you've gotten laid off or, or fired, Mike? I mean, this can be a really tough question. If, you know, you you didn't leave or you aren't leaving voluntarily.
2: Right. Well, I, I think it's it's okay to say, you know, it. it well, let's take because they're kind of two situations. So if you've been laid off um, as a recruiter, I'm actually gonna, you know, I'm gonna feel somewhat empathetic for you, and that's that's great. But if you were to say, you know. It, it surprised me, and, and I did go through a bit of a shock. You know, just say, hey, I, but I've worked through it. Okay, good. And I realized what I loved in my job previously was this, and again, same kind of statement. I think I can do that here, plus it looks like I would get to do these other things. That's a, that's a really solid answer, And it's, but it should also be a true answer. You're, you're not making things up here. You're giving factual information, you know, with a, with a positive spin on it.
1: Yeah, I always say you know you should be genuine, but no TMI, not too much information. In the same way Perfect. in a date, you yeah. don't want to you know you don't want to put all of your secrets out there on the first yeah. date. Yeah. If you ever want to get to a second one, um, it's you. you and a, a friend of mine, David, um, talks about being truthful but not confessional, and I love that because you can you can definitely be genuine without saying everything. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to go to Peter in Massachusetts. Welcome to Career Talk, Peter. It's on your mind today
0: hi there uh, thanks for having this uh, this time uh, to call in I am an executive in a uh, fairly large company in Massachusetts and uh, am on the high potential list and all that and part of a leadership development program but it's it's agonizingly slow to get promoted and there's it's a very crowded you know uh, place so decisions are slow And uh, I've been here, I think uh, this is my sixth year, Um, and I'm trying to decide whether I just cut bait and look for something else and what's the best way to make that determination. On the one hand, I don't want to give up my place in the line, if you will, Um, but on the other hand, there's an opportunity cost, and I'm just trying to decide between the two.
1: Yeah, and so my, I'm just thinking out loud. Can you do both? Can you be looking while not giving up your place in the line? But um, you know, where as we're as we're winding down, Mike, you deal with this a lot. What advice do you have for Peter?
2: I think I think Peter view it one way to view this is to do a market survey, and by that I mean we talked earlier about going out and talking to people. Imagine that you could talk to some say five people that you know either really well or the, the friend of a friend. And you go out there and you say, hey, I'm curious to know what challenges you guys are facing in, in, your, in your company or in your business line. And it can open up a really interesting dialogue around what are they facing, what have you done around those challenges that they are, and it gives you kind of that market, that market information to go, hmm, maybe I'm okay where I'm at, or wow, there is something better out there. And this way you're doing it, not as a job search, but market research.
1: So Peter, is that helpful?
0: It is. It is. Yeah. It makes sense. It's just, uh, you know, at some level you uh, you're, you're at a at a salary level that, you know, maybe a smaller company or a different company mm-hmm. couldn't match. I'm worried about that as well. Not just let the, me, the content me, of the job, that, but Peter, I level. Think
2: that's important. I apologize. I didn't mean to talk over you as a recruiter. Smaller companies have to compete with larger companies. We know that. And one of the things, a common phrase in recruiting and hiring is make them whole. So never go into a job search assuming they can't because you can have that. Once there's an interest, you can have the dialogue around compensation. Not that you're negotiating, but you guys, that's part of the alignment. You need to make sure that you know what they want you to do is commensurate with what you need. Um, that's part of your research. But going in, going wow, I'm worried that these guys can't pay me. You'd be amazed at um, you'd be amazed at what small companies can do. I've done it.
1: Well said, Mike. Well said. Peter, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk on Sirius XM 132. We appreciate it, and we wish you all the best. And, Junie, so sorry we can't get to your calls. We're wrapping up the show. But do call us next week because we will be live again on Thursday at noon Eastern time. And, of course, Mike, thank you for this hour. It has been so informative. And one last time, can you help people understand where they can reach you for more information?
2: Yeah, thanks, Don. Uh, my website is Mike Coach dot com and I'd love to hear from people.
1: Mycoach.com and don't forget if you reach out on LinkedIn you should always use a personalized message. And hey, if you didn't get to the Twitter poll at Dr. Don Graham, which is the better holiday, Valentine's or Halloween? Well, you can continue to answer that all day long, but right now, it's trending Halloween, which I I think is the right answer. I'm just saying. (laughs) Hey, You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. Thank you again to Mike, Michelle, and Dion. You make this show so fun. Of course, to all of our listeners and callers, we are here live every Thursday for you. So if you didn't get a chance to call in today, we will be back Next week, as always, taking your calls right here on Sirius XM One Thirty Two. You've been listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time.